Hello, you are listening to Radio Maria, and this is Father Toby with your word for today. And today I want to reflect upon the readings from uh, Sunday. We begin with the gospel, which is taken from Mark chapter 1. On leaving the synagogue, Jesus went with James and John straight into the house of Simon and Andrew. Now Simon's mother-in-law had gone to bed with fever, and they told him about her straight away. He went to her, took her by the hand, and raised her up, and the fever left her, and she began to wait on them. That evening after sunset they brought to him all who were sick and those who were possessed by devils. The whole town came crowding round the door, and he cured many who were suffering from diseases of one kind or another. He also cast out many devils, but he would not allow them to speak, because they knew who he was. In the morning, long before dawn, he got up and left the house, and went off to a lonely place and prayed there. Simon and his companions set out in search of him, and when they found him they said, Everybody is looking for you. He answered, Let us go elsewhere to the neighboring country towns, so that I can preach there too because that is why I came. And he went all through Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out devils. Dear old Father Michael had pretty severe Alzheimer's towards the end of his life, but even as much of his memory disappeared, none of his hospitable nature and his desire to welcome one and all was lost. And this would manifest itself in some beautiful ways, as even during COVID, when the church was shut, he would stand on the front steps outside the church, like our very own Dominican Pope, blessing the buses as they went by. It could also manifest itself in more frustrating ways, like when we found him in the early hours of the morning with a knife trying to cut open the bolt on the church doors, because he was convinced that at 3am the church doors should be wide open. Maybe he was right. But living, with living with someone with Alzheimer's taught me not only about Alzheimer's, but also a lot about myself, and not all of it pretty. One thing I would sometimes find myself thinking was, oh, it's because Father Michael watched too much TV as he got older and more limited and left his room less, thinking to myself, oh, he didn't keep his brain active enough, but I'll keep my brain active, I'll keep on reading books, and that way I can escape the Alzheimer's that he got. But the truth is, Alzheimer's and dementia can happen to anyone. And being confronted with this horrible disease, that is a scary thought. None of us like to admit that we're not in control. And so that is why in moments of frustration, I would find that cruel temptation to give some moral dimension to Father Michael's having Alzheimer's. And in that way, I could rationalize to myself why it wouldn't happen to me if only I did certain things. And something similar is going on in the book of Job, from which we take our first reading on Sunday. Job's so-called friends, sure of God's justice, but with a very narrow idea of how that might work, they cannot comprehend that their friend might not have deserved all the terrible afflictions that he suffers. And so they constantly tell him that he must repent. 
and they fail to console him. The book of Job is the book of the Bible that most explicitly engages with the problem of suffering, and the worst sort, the problem of innocent suffering. But it doesn't give us an answer. The question is still there posed at the end. God in essence just saying, yes, I know you don't understand. And the answer has to wait until the coming of Christ. And the answer isn't the answer that we want. Job is the book, but Christ is the life that deals with the problem of innocent suffering. And neither of them take away the pain and the suffering. In the book, Job is essentially asked to trust that his suffering has meaning. And with the life of Christ, we see that meaning. And that meaning is redemption. The cross of the one true innocent is shown to be the gateway to life in abundance. And the pouring out of self is actually the realization of self. Suffering can be redemptive. The book of Job essentially ends with God angry with Job's friends for their failure to show empathy, but also God telling Job that he must simply trust that God knows what he is doing. Were you there when I created the sea monsters? God telling Job in an almost patronizing fashion that his perspective is oh so very small and that he is oh so very proud if he expects to understand the reason for everything. The question is, will he trust? Will we trust? Our faith is ultimately a matter of trust. Trust in the church that she preserves and hands on the trustworthy witness of those who saw and heard about the life of Christ whilst he walked upon this earth. Trust in order that we might trust that God is love and that our suffering is not a sign of abandonment, but rather the time when perhaps we are closest to him. We have to trust that God is not happy that we should die but truly wants to give us life in abundance. Part of what I feared witnessing Father Michael's Alzheimer's up close was the death of self that it seemed to be, and thinking how, not too many years away, that too could happen to me. Although, as I said, even though his memories went, what was best in his nature remained, and occasionally the stubborn bits too but irrespective of his memories, there was still his character. Death, though, is our greatest fear, and if we love life and one another, it's a perfectly natural fear. It would be strange if we did not fear death in some way, because death, if death were really the end, as looks to be the case without the perspective of faith, then death is the loss of everything that was good that was loved and that was cherished. Death puts all those things forever in the past tense. And because we fear death, we use lots of language to talk around it, most especially that of going to sleep. And I thought of that with our gospel, with Simon Peter's mother-in-law bedbound with fever, a fever which in those days would most likely have taken her life. To go to sleep is in itself a certain sort of death, 
the ending of a day and all the opportunity that went with that day. It's said that that is why some people find it so hard to go to bed at a good time. They cannot accept the death of the possibilities of that day. I think I might very well be one of those people. Or for others, there is the sense that it is not guaranteed that we will rise again the next day. But the point of this reflection is not to make you all insomniacs fearing to go to sleep. It's absolutely not about that. The point of this reflection is the good news that the great sleep death has lost its sting and that we will wake even after we sleep. For Christ has roused us from the slumbers here and now in order that we might live in him and he in us and that through his resurrection we might follow into the way of life that he has opened up for us. Fear of death need no longer cripple us and so now we might truly live. When Jesus comes to Simon Peter's mother-in-law in bed with her fever, in a clear resurrection reference, Jesus takes this woman lying prostrate by the hand and raises her up. And granted another shot at life, what does she do? Does she run out the door to go and do all the things that she had never done, like an Israeli bucket list? Does she say, I'm leaving, I always wanted to climb Mount Sinai? Or, I've always wanted to float on the Dead Sea. No, we simply hear, and the fever left her, and she began to wait on them. To rise again like Christ, we must become like Christ. And Jesus tells us that the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. Christian life and Christian love, and there is no one without the other, is fundamentally outward-looking. It is ecstatic. It takes us out of ourselves. It is the death of selfishness, which is a much bigger killer of the soul than it sounds, and a fate far worse than Alzheimer's. But when our life is joined to Christ's in love, when it is conformed to the service of my neighbor in conformity to Christ, then I cannot die, because the God who is love is the God of the living, not the dead, and those who are joined to him in love seeking to do his will, need no longer fear death. This was a Radio Maria podcast. If you enjoyed it, do please click like and subscribe on your podcast provider or leave us a review. Every bit of feedback helps increase our visibility and allows us to reach more people with the message of Christ's saving truth. And if you don't already, you can listen to Radio Maria live either online or on DAB in selected regions of the UK. 
We'd love for you to call in live and be part of the conversation. See our website, radiomariaengland.uk, for more details and a full schedule of programmes. And do please consider making a donation so that we can keep making more programmes like this. We are completely dependent upon the generosity of our listeners.